0: Welcome to Beneath Your Beautiful, where guests share stories of adversity and perseverance, which inspire, encourage, and challenge us. We embrace these tough conversations, intimately exploring our loves, fears, and hopes with a delicious combination of depth and lightness.
1: Hello, my name is Christina Mejia. I'm from Spokane, Washington, and I'm a local artist. I do some modeling and I do some acting, um, and I have two children. I'm just an entertainer. I just like to entertain people. I like to be funny, you know, make everyone laugh, kind of be the center of attention when I go places. I know that's kind of vain a little bit, but you know, I had a really hard bringing up and you know, I didn't get a lot of time for myself. So now that I'm older, I get a bloom. I didn't get to be a teenager or a child really. So. And why is that? What happened? You know, I had a pretty good growing up, like, you know, childhood. I had a Father and mother in the house, but then my mom got into drugs Mm. pretty badly. You know, one day I came home from church camp and we had been evicted from our house and we had nothing. I remember when I was like 14 living out of the car with my mom, homeless, and you know, we couldn't go to any shelters because she used from that and having to take responsibilities on at a young age. It was just really tough to try to be what I wanted to be. I've always wanted to act and model since I was little. I I never
0: got that opportunity, though, because I was just so caught up in trying to survive. I have a brother who OD'd on drugs, and it's been prevalent in my family. And so I've kind of shied away. I'm just wondering if you have vowed to be different than your mother and have shied away, or you can do it responsibly. Yeah, definitely. So my mother was a heroin addict. She probably dabbled in some other drugs.
1: I knew that it wasn't the right environment for me. I wanted to go to school. I wanted to learn. I wanted to, you know, do good in life because that's how she raised me until she got into drugs. Mm. So I always had that strong, like, background of knowing what I wanted to do. I know from seeing it firsthand, I mean, finding needles to, you know, watching her withdraw. She actually passed away in 2017 from complications due to drugs at 48 years old. Oh, I'm sorry. But you know, I just don't want to be like that. I see how they go, you know, from having everything to having nothing. I don't want to be subjected to that. So I don't put myself around that. I do have a lot of family members that are still using and that have used multiple years of their lives. And it's really sad because in the 90s, we were all such a tight knit family. My aunts, my uncles, everyone started using drugs. And I mean, we were so close every Easter, every everything. And then as soon as the 2000s hit, they all got into drugs and we just all fell apart. And it's just really sad. And I just don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to myself. And I don't want to do that to my children. I knew going in with having children that I would have responsibilities. And that's something I told myself I'd never do to them. Drugs are just not something that catches my eye. I'd rather pose in front of a camera and be funny at a party. Do the worm at a show. <laughs> I think I get my fix like that through adrenaline. That's my drug is just adrenaline and just to fighting for
0: my life. I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to be brought into this life, but I'm going to make it the best I can. My mom died at 46. And when I was little, I was touched inappropriately by a neighbor kid. And to my recollection, she didn't do anything about it. And I was mad at her for a lot of my life until I'm not now. Yeah. Isn't that great? That feeling's great. Yeah, it is. It's is really good. I'm just wondering, how are you with feelings about your mother, about the choices she made? When I was younger, when I was 14, so one day she left me on the side of the road because
1: I didn't want to go sleep in the car. My stepdad was like, just leave her. They left. I went back to her friend's house, called my dad that I hadn't seen since I was like eight mm-hmm. and told him, come get me. I was really angry about the situation situation for lots of years. Even when I got older, I moved back to Spokane when I was 19 because when I was 14 and my dad came and got me, he came and got me two days later and drove me all the way back to Minnesota. Oh, and you stayed with him? I stayed with him for four days shy of a year, but he was very abusive. One day he actually beat the living crap out of me. He spanked my hands, my feet, spit in my face, gave me black eyes. I mean, he beat me from 7 a.m. till 1 p.m., And so I was able to finally get a hold of my boyfriend and he called the cops and my dad was arrested. And I actually put myself in a foster home. I'm very angry with him still. He's a whole nother subject. But my mother, you know, those years in that foster home, you know, with all the therapies that I had, individual counseling, group therapy, family therapy, and being in a therapeutic foster home, it really helped me a lot. I went through a couple foster homes. It was really tough. My last foster home, she, she was amazing. So she was like, you know, your mom loves you. There's a lot of things going on. And now that I'm older and now that I'm 34, my mom had six kids. Yeah, my mom did too. She worked two jobs and, you know, we were poor all the time. And then she just didn't make the right choices in men. Yeah. After she got a divorce. And I think that's really what happened was she just got caught up in the wrong crowd and just stressed out, probably overwhelmed, you know, and just so much going on. I don't blame her. I feel bad for her. She had a really bad life growing up. And, you know, now that I'm in therapy and I'm doing dialectical behavioral therapy, I'm able to um, kind of see what she went through and how she didn't have mental health help. She didn't get that kind of help and she wasn't able to like use skills or she wasn't able to break that cycle. And I'm learning how to, because of like the demographics I'm from, the, you know, from where I grew up and how I grew up, I'm trying to break those cycles because they're toxic. Yeah. I'm realizing that. And so it definitely does not make me feel any type of way about my mother other than she tried her best.
0: That's where I finally got to as well. And my mom had six kids and I had two daughters. And I found the more I parented, the more I forgave her because it's fucking hard.
1: It is so hard. I deal with it. I have a daily struggle with it every day. And, you know, I try to tell my children, hey, I'm learning too. Mm -hmm. I had a good childhood, but, you know, the traumatic years outweigh so many of the good memories that it's hard to remember. So I try to tell them like, hey, you know, mom's learning. I never got to get taught these things. There's not a handbook when you're a parent.
0: That's what makes me forgive her so much because she didn't know what the hell she was doing. And she had six children within nine years. We were only nine years apart. I think my mom was the same.
1: She was pregnant the same amount of time as your mom, like back to back every year. 89, like 87, 89, 92, 93, 95,
0: 96. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm so happy that I only had two because I screwed two up just perfectly.
1: Same. I don't have to worry
0: about anyone else going out in the world. Exactly. No, they're doing really well. But it's just by luck because I didn't know what I was doing. I was a tumbleweed. My mom passed away at 46 and her mother passed away at 46 and I'm almost 56. And I'm just so happy that I got to do the work, that I got the therapy and I can understand why I do the things I do and make changes. Because I don't know if that was even like you're saying an option for them as they were struggling. Back
1: then, mental health wasn't really a big thing, you know, like, exactly. Would be like, Oh, yeah, you have depression, no big deal, you know, and now it's like, Oh, it is a big deal, because mental health is real. Everyone doesn't have the same brain. And everyone doesn't grow up the same. And you know, people don't think the same, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impulsive. And that's a lot of things that I got from my childhood and the trauma that I went through. I'm just very impulsive. And that's what I'm working on is my impulsivity in therapy. What kind of therapy did you say you're in intensive dialectical behavioral therapy. And tell me about that. It's basically a therapy to live healthier, happier, fulfilling life. So I'm not in so much anguish and just so upset and anxiety ridden all the time. It helps us, you know, with skills as far as communication, friendships, relationships. It also helps us with, you know, being able to use skills to communicate properly in relationships, because that's where I have issues just from growing up, my childhood, the demographics, everything around me. You know, communication wasn't a big thing. It was more like yell, 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 yell growing up. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So
1: now it's like instead of yelling or being impulsive, I can stop myself, which is a skill you stop. And then I can, you know, think about it. I can be mindful of other people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying something that might hurt their feelings, because that evil side might come out a little bit. I'm able to control that and think about, hey, will this affect this friendship? Will this affect this situation right now? And will this make this situation worse? All my life, I felt like I've just made things worse. Even just being a burden to people, you know, being in a foster home and having issues. So I'm like, you know, every time I mess up and I'm impulsive, I'm like, dang it. This is not who I want to be. So that's why I'm in therapy is to change how I've grown up to make myself better. And now that I'm older and able to learn more and, you know, retain more knowledge, I think that I'm able to use these skills. Back when I was 15 and I was in you know, dialectical behavioral therapy, it didn't really sit with me. I, I heard it, but it went out this year.
0: <laughs> right, I love when we get old enough to be able to hear the things we need to hear. I would think that people would say that you have reason to be pissed off and be a victim because you had a hard childhood. So what advice do you have for people who are living in that reality that, you know, my life was hard, bad things happened, which they did. Even if you're saying you had a good childhood, bad things still happened and it was hard.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, even having a good childhood, I still was touched when I was five. You know, no one ever did anything about it like you, you know, and because you just put that stuff under the rug.
0: It leaves you with a sense of I don't matter, which is what I felt like for so long. Like you're saying, you're a burden. That would be just too much work to fix it or work on that. But what advice do you have? I think I would say to people, you know, it's really hard because when I'm in therapy, I kind of
1: tell my therapist, like, how come I don't feel like I'm traumatized? How come I live every single day like I'm traumatized? And it's because I my trauma comes out in different areas in my life. My trauma comes out in my relationships, mm. you know, it comes out in my anger. And I think that if you just dwell on the past and dwell on everything that happened to you, you cannot move on. Yeah. Yes, you can think about it and kind of like maybe talk to yourself about it, but I don't think about what happened to me unless someone asks about it. I literally just wake up and try to survive the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's the hope that I try to give my siblings get up and just worry about what's going on in the future. Let's not talk about the past. A lot of my siblings have a lot of animosity towards my mom. Yeah. And it's really hard because, you know, You know, some nasty things have been said and it's hard because it's like they haven't had the same kind of therapy as I have. So I see it from my point of view, too, and see it from theirs. And I think my advice to people is just to keep pushing, keep moving forward and doing what you want to do in life. And don't worry about what others think about you, because you're the only one that can make you happy. You were born here and then you're going to die alone. If you want to do something, go out and do it. I just feel like dwelling on it is just not going to do anything. I can't just sit here and be like, oh, my mom, you know, she left me on the side of the road and my dad beat my ass and all these things. I just move forward. I just get up every day and I think about my children and think about what they need. And I don't sit and think about what happened to me. Because if I do, I spent so many times in my foster homes in my room, sitting and thinking about what happened to me mm-hmm. and how no one loved me and no one wanted me and everyone kept getting rid of me and I was never going to make it. You know, I mean, I went through a couple of suicidal attempts and I ended up in the hospital a few times because I just felt so unloved. Now that I'm older, I'm not going to dwell on it. I need to love myself and I need to love my children and I need to love what's around me right now because I'm going to die and I can't you know, I can't go out of this world without knowing that I did something for myself.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that. I think somebody might interpret what you're saying as a little morbid because you you said a couple of times that I'm going to die. But I say the same thing. Life is so short, and I'm going to die. And I'm going to really just do what I want while I'm here and try to enjoy everything because it's so precious. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not like I wake up every day and I'm like, Yeah. yeah, today's a new day. You know,
1: I have my struggles. I do, but I don't let it ruin my day.
0: Yeah. That's why I go to therapy every week. That's excellent. So I can get it out. I go three hours every week. <laughs> That's really great advice. Thank you so much for that.
1: I was homeless when I got out of a foster home. Um, I aged out and sometimes when you age out and there's other foster children in the home, you can't stay Okay. And that's kind of my predicament is I aged out. I got emancipated like two months before my 18th birthday. My foster mom still had foster children in the house. So I had to move out. I actually woke up one day from a nap and I said, what the heck am I still doing here in Minnesota? Because that's where I was. Uh Um, I called my older brother and I left the next day on a Greyhound and came back to Spokane. And I was just working three jobs assistant manager at Subway. And one day I decided, you know, I kind of, I want to start a family. I want a baby, you know, and I didn't really care kind of like who was going to be there for me or not. Cause I knew I was strong enough to take care of a child by myself. So I ended up having a baby and then I started doing some modeling. I, you know, I was working really hard uh, at fast food at Jack in the box mm-hmm. and trying to just make bills every day. I couldn't get on housing because I was working. I just got food stamps and what I could get at the time. Um, But I was working hard and this photographer came in and he asked me if I wanted to take pictures and my jaw dropped to the ground. And I was like, for free? Mm -hmm. You know, because I've always been really poor my whole life and moving out of a foster home. They don't send you with anything but your clothes. Mm. You know, they don't send you with money. They're not like, here's an apartment, go move in, you know. Right. I was just shocked, jaw dropped. We went and took pictures and I loved them. I mean, it was my first time ever in front of the camera like that. And if you see the pictures from before till now, They're so amazing. 10 years of work. And it's all been independent work. After that, I got my pictures back and I made a model page and I started networking. And that's how I just got into this game, I guess, uh, as an independent artist. I've been in a couple movies, a couple commercials. I flew out to California to be on the Judge Faith show for winning a lingerie contest. Yeah. And then I went and did a music video with Afro Man. And then I also went out to New York and was on the Karamo Brown show. So it's been pretty fun. So, you know, just the 10 years of me just really working, grinding, working my regular job, getting shoots done, promoting myself, networking, going to shows, hosting, all that has got me to do some amazing things in my life that I didn't have to pay for because money does not come easy to me, <laughs> but that I got paid for. They paid for my flights. I got paid for being on the TV, got paid for being in the movies. It's just something that I'm just so happy and proud of myself for because... I could be in prison. I could be a drug addict Right. And I'm not. And I did all of that by myself. So, I mean, no one's really said it, but I'm proud of myself. I'm getting emotional.
0: Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you also, because it you. is easy to go down the wrong path. It's so much easier. Oh yeah. Yeah. Life's not easy,
1: but you know what? That's why you just keep pushing and you keep doing what you want to do. And you just say, fuck it. If so, If everyone else has a problem with it, then I don't know what to tell you. Right. Right. With my lingerie modeling, a lot of people had a problem with it. My mom was like my biggest fan. So when she passed away, I said, you know, my mom's not here to judge and neither should you guys. (laughs) She's the one that brought me into this world and gave me all this.
0: (laughs) I think we can be all the things you can be a mother, you can be a professional woman, and you can also be sexy as hell. Definitely. And that's one thing
1: I try to tell people because they're like, you're 34, dress your age. And I'm like, First of all, you know, like Cardi B and them, like Nicki Minaj is like 40. So I can dress however I want. But also, like, I do my motherly duties. And if I want to dress the way I want to dress, as long as it's appropriate for, you know, the age surrounding, then, you know, let me be me.
0: Let me love myself and let me put on makeup every day. I think it's okay that we embrace our sexuality, which is really shunned by so many people. So go for it. Well, this has been so good. I really appreciate you sharing your story and also sharing that there's hope. You have to surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. Surround yourself with the wrong people. Then
1: you're going to fall down with them.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beneath Your Beautiful, hosted by Hara Allison. And thank you for your ratings and reviews. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Stay tuned.